Clay Probate Expert. Welcome to our Probate Weekly um, live stream. We get together every Thursday, 4 p.m. Pacific Time, 7 p.m. Eastern Time. Now, that distinction is important today. Uh, I'm here from Los Angeles, and our guest is in North Carolina. Um, we get together every week, and we try to help. This is meant for people who are engaged in the process. I'm, I'm not a coach. I'm not selling anything. I'm a practitioner. I started this call because I needed it to learn, to be better, to hold myself accountable. And so whether you're an investor, wholesaler, real estate agent, looking to improve your game, improve your business, make more money, and build more wealth, we get together. And I primarily every week try to interview a industry leader, whether it be an attorney or a vendor or a coach that helps us in our business. So I'm really excited today to have somebody who I've known and, and watched myself and paid money to get his coaching, um, Bruce Hill from alltheleads.com. Bruce, welcome to our call today. Thanks, Bill. I'm really, uh, really happy to be here. I've been uh, I've been lobbying you to try to get on here for a while. <laughs> I've been chasing you down, man. Like a hungry lion, I've been chasing you. And I, I was excited when I finally got you to to come. Um, and so I introduce you as all the leads. That's just really how I know you, but I know you do a little more than just that as well, or is that your primary focus? Um, so th that's a, that's an interesting question. And um, ha being a coach, so I do coach, um, being a coach, I, I also have a coach and um, one of our primary focuses with, uh, with, with my coach is uh, what we call holding your image. And I don't think that, that we invented that. I'm, I'm pretty sure that uh, that was another uh, another big popular national coach that talks about that. But we in the real estate space, a lot of times tend to chase lots and lots of shiny objects. Right. And um, uh, so uh, the image that I work on holding is that of a, uh, of a kind of a probate um, and prospecting, specifically prospecting expert and trainer. Um, so I work with all the leads um, doing their, their coaching, their training, and uh, managing their sales department, and then a couple of other things as well. And I would say, I think that, you know, it's interesting that you say that, because that was my assessment of you was, as a coach in probate, and specifically, I thought, what I enjoy about you, or I get value, is on prospecting, phone skills, objection handling, um, that material, I think, is, um, is an important piece of it, and where a lot of people get tripped up, and I end up helping on this call, and, and do the best I can, and always want to get other perspectives and other flavors on that. So let's just, before we jump into that, let's talk a little bit um, where you grew up and then how you get into real estate and then specifically how you get into probate. Oh man. Uh, so I grew up, uh, for those of you, and I know Bill, you're a great friend uh, with Chad Corbett. I grew up uh, about seven houses apart from Chad Corbett. Um, he was wow. in uh, West Virginia near Snowshoe. If anyone is on the East Coast and knows that ski resort. Um, I grew up in Virginia though. Uh, both of us were in the mountains. We seven houses apart, but that was about 15 miles uh, because there was a big, huge national forest in between us. Um, so mountains of Virginia, population of the entire county, entire county was 2,000 people where I grew up. Um, went off to college, got back from college, and I swung hammers for about a year working to build houses. And after crushing my hands to pieces and realizing that I wasn't any good at building houses, I thought, well, maybe I'll be able to go sell these a little bit better than I can build them. Sold one house my first year, I made a whopping $1,800. I sold three houses my second year, I made $6,000. Was on the verge of bankruptcy. Ouch. Fortunately, I was young and didn't know that I needed to pay for insurance and uh, um, survived somehow until that third or fourth year, kind of all started to come together. So. Uh, 
that's how I got into real estate. There's a, a lot more to that story. Uh, moved to Roanoke, Virginia, then uh, at the peak of my career, doing 250 houses a year in Roanoke, Virginia. It's where I met Chad, it's where Chad and I actually met each other. We were competitors. I decided to pack it up and move to Raleigh, North Carolina, like uh, like an idiot. Well, who walks away from business doing 200 houses a year and goes to a new market where they don't know anybody? Me. So if anyone wants to know, uh, here's how I coach. Uh, this is what I did. Don't do that. Wow. Wow. <laughs> but, uh, but that... I got into probate uh, about the time I moved to North Carolina. Uh, been friends with Chad for a little bit, and he told me that I needed to start getting into it. I got into it. I fumbled through some marketing techniques that uh, some worked, some didn't. Prospecting techniques. I got yelled at a few times. Uh, and I, I just asked myself, you know, there's is there a better way? Is there a way to have these conversations where you're not making people mad, where you're truly offering value, and you're influencing people to do what's in their best interest? And the answer to that is yes. So that's kind of how I got into the probate space and ultimately hooked up with all the leads as their trainer. And I know you do a uh, specific training I saw on prospecting and phone skills. So talk a little bit about the particular offerings that you that you have. And I know you, you launched a couple via email today that I saw as well on uh, listings. Can you kind of share a little bit with the, sure. kind of the sub coaching or the sub topics that you offer? Absolutely. Um, so Outside of the probate space, I have a course called the Agent DNA. Um, briefly on that, because I know we're kind of all here talking about probate, uh, but briefly on the Agent DNA, um, I was overhearing a conversation one day in a coffee shop and someone, I think it was between like a pastor and maybe one of the parishioners in the church and the the, the uh, minister in the coffee shop said, you know, if you're a Christian, um, it just shows because it's in your DNA. and light bulbs went off in me. And I, I, I look at all these agents all over the country and I realized that they're not, if they're not getting the business that they want, it's probably because they're not demonstrating the proper DNA of a successful realtor that attracts business to themselves. And so I went back, I locked myself in a room for a couple of days and I put together this outline of a course called the agent DNA. So um, I offer that about once every quarter or so, um, got another one coming up in a month or two. And uh, I teach a listing uh, class, um, it's a couple hours long. Uh, every couple of months I teach that uh, just on how to nail a listing appointment. Uh, a lot of people lose listing appointments, whether it's probate or sphere of influence or wherever that lead source, that lead may come from. You lose listing appointments because you either are un underprepared you show up and people don't trust your credibility because you don't appear professional or you're overprepared and they sit through a hour and 30 minute boring presentation and you look up and they're like either crying or they're falling asleep. So we teach a process of how to nail listing appointments um, through a listing class. Uh, let's see, uh, teach a class on investing. Um, and then ultimately uh, I get into the weeds with probate, uh, probate foundations is a course that I run once a month through all the leads. Um, and then I do a prospecting mastery class that is a little bit more geared toward probate, but the truth is that prospecting mastery class is gold. It's a two day class, um, about five, six hours total. 
and we just break down everything from your opening to dealing with objections to um, moving the moving the lead the prospect that you're on the phone with through to the exact answers that you wanted to get to without them feeling like you're guiding them through the conversation and that's ultimately what i love teaching and i love working the most because i was so awful at prospecting for so long you know i'm not sure what you were like bill some people are kind of natural communicators they're natural at prospecting they're, the force of their personality causes success that was not me i was cussed out i was hung up on i was asked to get out of houses uh, i really struggled and i had to learn the subtle um subtle techniques of influence to be able to guide people from where they were to where i wanted them to go as long as it was done in an ethical way and those are the the skills of influence that i teach on these classes it seems like a lot of the classes you teach has a flavor or a underpinning of NLP of, of like you say, of, of yeah. persuasion of, of um, emotions and things like that in your process. Absolutely. I am not NLP certified. Um, I've taken a lot of NLP classes and uh, I've, I've taken a lot of those techniques. I, I got some influence from Sandler sales systems. Um, I got some influence from, we were talking about Tony Robbins. Uh, Tony Robbins has an absolutely amazing um, sales mastery class is what I think it's called, uh, different things like that. So I've been a student of a lot of, a lot of different um, masters in the, in the prospecting and the sales game. And I like, people, I like to take pieces from all of them. So for me on the call today, um, one of the reasons I did this is because I need it. Another is I want to give back. Um, I'm not selling anything here. Bruce does, and I've, and I've bought some of Bruce's coaching, and I, I want to encourage you guys to investigate if it makes sense for you. But I'd love this to be participative, and I think the key to our business, especially now, when people are so uncertain and scared, as Bruce said, whether you're a natural communicator or you're not, you need to communicate with people more effectively. One way is put your, your camera on, show up here on the call, participate, ask questions, so either raise your hand with a Zoom call or put a question in the chat box. If you could start it with a queue, I'll pick up on it. But the goal is to be participative. Now I'll just share with you, it's my call and I like Bruce and I've been chasing him down for a while to have a conversation. So we could talk for hours, um, but I'd love to get your questions answered as well. So feel free to jump in and participate, put in the, in the queue or uh, in the chat box or raise your hand. So um, let's, let's kind of talk to the agent who's just starting out. Because um, I, you know, like you, I get a lot of those kind of questions. Hey, I'm I'm a new agent and I want to start on probate. On one hand, I always feel, you know, my and I'm just curious, you know, I'll give you my kind of pat answer, and I'd love to get your feedback. On one hand, I always feel like I, I don't think I would start prospecting by cold calling petitioners if I was a new agent and had never listed and sold a house. But what I would do is learn about probate, avoiding probate, estate planning, conservatorships. Um, guardianships, and then share that with my center of influence as a starting point to look for that business, maybe pair up with somebody who's an expert or bring it to your, you have a mastermind call, you have a group and all the leads, uh, Chad has a group, Probate Mastery, I have a group, probate, you know, network with experts on this call if you've run into a challenge, but to try to stay out of the prospecting lane. Now, I know that this is a little difficult for you because you work for all the leads, you guys sell the data and all. <laughs> Um, but that's my answer. Um, if I'm wrong, tell me I'm wrong. And, and uh, how would you answer that new agent 
who says, I want to start, I've never sold a house, uh, and I want to pick probate as my marketing niche. Absolutely. Um, well, first thing is, uh, is, is Google is free. Um, whatever state you're in, uh, there's typically an attorney or two or 40 who've written blogs on what the, the petitioner, what the uh, personal representative executor needs to do to go through probate. So um, I want everyone that ever hears this to, to recognize that if you want to be perceived as credible and you want to attract business in a certain niche to yourself, uh, the best way to build credibility is to educate. So when you go educate yourself, uh, I want you to look at the things that you're reading and that you're learning and immediately write them down in a way that you can begin to educate on those things to your, your audience, the people that you want to do business with. So if you go and you, you Google uh, probate in North Carolina, what's the probate process? And you pull a blog up from an attorney or an agent or someone that, that might be an expert in that field, and you find 42 different steps that they, they say that you need to do as the personal representative, write those down, put them in a checklist, and now all of a sudden you're gonna to begin to offer those to your potential audience. If you learn it in order to teach it, you'll retain it a lot better. So that's step number one, is I'll just Google, come to podcasts, come to masterminds, get around the right people that know what, what they're doing. Second thing is recognize that um, any disagreements that Bill or I'm, I may have or any agreements that we have, our process is a way. Um, it's not the way. So when um, when I am about to uh, I'm about to give a little bit of a, a of a spin on uh, something that Bill said, I want everyone to know that it's a way. I went on over 50 listing appointments with my old mentor many years ago, and we followed a specific listing process that worked. 100% of my of the time for my mentor, 100%. I went out on my own listing appointment by myself for the very first time after going with him on over 50 over the course of a year and a half or so. I went in the listing appointment, I followed his exact process. And at the end of it, instead of them saying, where do I sign, which they said every single time to him, they told me to get out of their house. They said, we'd like you to leave. We'd like you to leave. <laughs> so when you guys are Kind of listening to different approaches you're going to have to try different things out now i like getting into a, a new set of leads or a new niche and picking the phone up and prospecting immediately i would rather have people not get bogged down in the education and let your experience and your failures be the education now you guys know yourselves you know if somebody fusses at you on the phone you know if it's gonna completely demotivate you and you're gonna lose all interest and you're gonna leave. If that's you, don't pick the phone up right away, learn a little bit. But if you're the type of person that's motivated to grow after failures, pick the phone up, make the mistakes, make those prospecting calls, even if you don't know a whole lot about probate. As little as you may know about the probate process, guess who knows less? The, the prospect, that you're calling. They know less than you do, and they're not sitting there with a list of gotcha questions waiting to trip you up. So um, that's one of the reasons why I actually don't mind you guys calling and prospecting, um, even with the, the possibility of getting tripped up occasionally, because most of these 
personal representatives, they don't know what they're supposed to know. They don't uh, they don't know if you say, hey, I'm a probate specialist. They don't know that you might not really be a probate specialist yet. Um, and then you can learn a lot of the uh, a lot of the probate process while you're in the transaction. You can learn a whole lot. Now, you need to be willing to go that extra mile. If you're not willing to go the extra mile, probate's probably not the niche for you. <laughs> but uh, but I'd like those of you that are new to consider your personality and whether failure is going to motivate you to get better. If failure doesn't motivate you to get better, go learn the process heavily first. If it does motivate you to get better, pick the phone up, fail a couple of times, and make adjustments from there. Well, and again, I appreciate you saying that, and I I hope it comes across as I'm respectful that, you know, I do disagree. I, I have an opinion I'm entitled to, but by the same token, I also respect what you do, and, and it is different for everybody, right? You have to find the right process for you that's genuine for you that you enjoy that works to your skills. And I, for me personally, when I started in probate uh, and took all the leads coaching, uh, Chad was the coach at the time, he challenged us to go to court just to learn and see it once. Yeah. And I went there and realized not only, you know, I went there once, I was fascinated by it. I loved it. I was wearing a suit and tie and looked like an attorney. My, my mother in heaven was proud that I finally got to court. But, you know, for me, that fit going there every day. Most people wouldn't. I live a half hour from the largest probate court in America. I enjoyed it. Um, and so for me, it worked. It wouldn't work for most people. And, and But I designed a system. I didn't really care for me. I didn't care if it didn't work for somebody else. You know, all the leads has, you know, literally thousands of clients. And they have to devise a system that works for a lot. So when I say I wouldn't recommend it, that's really maybe my my bias. And, and um, mm-hmm. I appreciate it. But again, I hope it comes from... For appreciation. I also will say to everybody on the call that while there are certain things they do that, I, that I'm never going to do, uh, I mean, I was on the call today when I, I was in court on a court confirmation sale, and I know between 10 and 11 on uh, Thursday is the All the Leads online call that, you know, I drove home and I put that on to listen to because I'm going to pick up a nugget or two. And in an hour, I may not get much for 50 minutes, but if I get a good nugget for two or three minutes, and, and today you guys were talking about uh, at the end, the call about evictions, well, how important that is now to really, you know, and I said to myself, you know what, I need to call this guy and that guy and get that sharpened, sharpened up a little bit. So, okay, so so calling, um, um, one question I have also, because you're in a different market than me, is, you know, in LA, there must be 50, 100 real estate agents calling every probate case in LA. I, right. I know one of the features of all the leads is you guys have, I think, data in almost every county in America. And that's a big advantage in, in outside the metro areas. Do you see the marketing, appropriate marketing different in other areas, let's say metro areas versus semi-rural and rural areas? Like, to me, it seems like a possibility. Is that what you see? Absolutely. You know, um, the timing that, uh, that, that every family experiences while they're going through probate is, is different to the individual and their, uh, their commitment to that process. It's also different to the area's pace of life. So you go to LA, people are running just everywhere. Busy, busy, busy. They work late or early. They have traffic to deal with. They have school activities. If they have kids, they have business activities. There's just a lot of stuff going on. Not to mention the court and judicial backlog. Sometimes the courts can bog things down a little bit as well. You go to Greensboro, North Carolina, I just randomly picked that, which might have 100,000 people in the city. 
and, uh, and, and you get off work and you've got a 10 minute drive home, um, it's a little bit slower pace of life. Uh, you have time to go clean the house out. You have time to maintain the property. You have time to do different things and you're gonna get through probate a lot faster. Um, now, those bigger cities, there's more opportunity. There's more opportunity, but there's also going to be more competition. So you have to be willing to stick with your lead for a longer period of time. It's just gonna take longer for that average person to get to the place where they're ready to sell. You're in rural Roanoke, Virginia, where I used to live, you're ready to sell a house in a couple of months after you filed probate. So I want everyone to really consider the, uh, the, the pace of life that you have in your area when you build your um, custom prospecting or marketing plan to these leads. Um, nobody should ever be getting leads, picking the phone up one time or sending one single letter out and expecting overnight success that is sustained on one touch. Uh, we should all be building a follow-up plan and a system that allows us to continue to stay in front of and work with and build credibility and rapport with the families that we're trying to work with. Um, you got to remember, you're going through probate. It's kind of a private, painful experience. You've probably lost someone that you're very close to. And that first agent that calls you, you're not like, oh, man, I'm so glad someone that I don't know called and asked me if they could sell my dead mom's house. Not to be crass about it, but that's what you're thinking. Yeah. You're, why would I be happy that you called and are trying to profit off of my loss? So that's why I tell everyone that you've got to be in this for the long haul. You have to have more to offer than just, hey, I'm going to buy your house or I'm going to sell your house. You've got to offer more and you've got to stick with it. That's good advice. Yeah, I do think. I do think. You know, also, in metro areas like LA, we're much more anonymous. I think people don't know their neighbors, and so mom and dad pass. Nobody really knows what's happening with the house. Next thing you know, houses you know overrun. Maybe there's squatters in it. We have more by percentage of that than anywhere else. We're also interesting factoid. LA County is, is the most the highest poverty rate of any county in America. Um, and we're also one of the largest counties. And so you think of that population, that many poor people, um, the probate has a whole different flavor here than it does in um, you know, parts of, nicer parts of the country or other parts of the country. So, <clears throat> so, um, so now let's change a little bit to an agent maybe who is looking to relaunch their business or add another spoke to their business. They've been in business, they're making some money, not enough. They, they want to add... Uh, you know, a couple deals a year, 10 deals a year to what's already up and running. They know how to sell a house. What do you see as the biggest stumbling block or challenge those people have in jumping into building their business? Those agents generally have formed some bad habits, specifically with regard to their prospecting techniques and habits and their marketing habits. So uh, let's take the average agent that's had some success with sphere of influence only. Maybe you have some really close friends that you've been um, blessed enough to have be repeat clients and referrals for you. And then you come in and you expect that same amount of effort to generate the exact same amount of success in the probate space. And these are kind of cool leads that don't know you. They're highly, highly motivated to sell real estate, but they don't know you. They don't have the relationship. So you need to um, reset your mind when you're taking on a new niche like this that you're going to have to go cultivate relationships just like you did with your sphere of influence. The difference 
with your sphere of influence, you probably weren't thinking about real estate when you built those friendships. Right. Probate, you're thinking about real estate, so you're doing it strategically. Right. So that would be one mistake that I see agents make when they get into the probate space, if they're, if they're already successful, is they think that what made them successful in one niche is going to be the exact same thing that makes them successful in another. And uh, in a space like this, it takes some work. Now, I'm here to tell you, you put that work in, it, it pays dividends, and it can actually be a very easy source of business once you've put the work in and you've established the systems and the credibility. You know, for all the legion I've done in my probate business, the, the best business I got were seven influence attorneys. One was not a probate attorney, but he kind of referred me some business. And the other one was, um, I think of him as, as a probate attorney. I think he's more of a civil litigator. But I mean, I literally today, just got a court confirmation on a $2.3 million deal I double-ended. Very complicated probate. He saw that I was an ex, that I was doing work in the field and approached me with this problem and I helped him work it out together. And I think as a as an expert, able to help him serve his client and get this deal done in a way that they might still be in litigation otherwise. And you're right, it takes time. I saw in the chat box Renee put it took over a year of cultivating a relationship with a local state attorney before I got one referral. Yeah. Yeah, Renee, that's what it takes. It's like saying it took me a year to I, I look, I'm a I'm I'm a city boy. I imagine when you plant wheat, you know, you don't get the wheat for like six months or something, right? <laughs> I don't know how it works. Something like that. You plant it in the spring, you get it in the fall, right? So Renee, so a year, but you got a referral. And I think also you have a referral source. Somebody gives you one can give you more than one if they're an yes. attorney. So this is the business we're in. And if you cultivate the relationships with people you know, you sprinkle in the people you don't know, this is where you build a business that, that thrives in the long run and changes mm -hmm. your, can be life-changing. Get out of the mindset of instant. I'll tell you, I'm sure, Bill, you, you probably hear this a lot as well. People ask you. I hear it all the time. Um, I'll, we'll get a new subscriber that's getting probate. And they'll, they'll show up to a coaching session and they'll say, um, I'm out of money. I spent my last $300 on leads. I need to close a deal this month. What do I do? And my answer is get get lucky because this is one of those spaces that hard work pays off. Um, if you're throwing a dart at a dartboard and hoping that it hits right, um, it might, but it, it really might not. You are building a pipeline. And to Renee's point, it took a year of working with that attorney to cultivate that relationship and get a referral. You do a good job with that attorney, you're probably gonna get another one and another one and another one. So don't look at the single referral on on the year that someone spent cultivating an attorney relationship, don't look at the single referral. That might be worth the year that it took. I'll tell you what's guaranteed to be worth the year that it took. That's the 10 or 15 or 100 referrals that that attorney could bring to you. So uh, there's, there's a lot of opportunity here and it becomes really easy when you put the time in. Because, I would agree. Oh, and I would agree. Can I, Renee, can I just, Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, can I just say, you know, um, this is one of the leading um, estate and probate planning attorneys in my area. So um, I already know that I have his endorsement. Um, it was really important when I first met with him, um, I let him know, you know, that I was the area's only um, certified probate real estate specialist. 
Um, and that, and I took information to him to show him, this is the information that I provide to my clients, you know, to probate clients. This is how I partner with you and your team, you know, and these are my proxies. And so it was extremely important to have that meeting with him so that he knew that number one, I understood his language, that I had a knowledge of his proxies. And that um, he understood I was in this for the long haul. I'm not looking for, you know, one and done. So I know it's going to be one of many, many, many to come. He oh. probably handles close to uh, 100 probate cases a year. Wow. So, the official term for that is boom chakalaka. <laughs> Yeah, but he's actually one of three attorney relationships that I've been cultivating for a year. Well, and it's and, interesting, and Renee, I just want to, you know, I, may, I need to check myself maybe, but when people read in the chat box, Renee put, um, I, mean, I just changed, it took over a year of cultivating a relationship with a local real estate attorney before I got one for all. I am sure 99% of the real estate agents and investors or wholesalers on this call said, ugh, a year. But when you put the context on, there's one of the leading uh, attorneys in the field in your market area who does 100 a year, which means you have a chance, you know, if you get 10% market share, you've shot 10 deals a year from this guy for years. If you improve the relationship, you don't have to right. just don't lose it and try to improve it constantly. That's a, that's a home run. That's definitely worth yeah. the time. The challenge is most real estate agents can't last so long. They can't wait yeah. a year. That's the challenge mm -hmm. they have. So, well, thank you. Do you have a question, Renee, or just do you want to clarify that? No, I just, I just thank wanted you. to, you know, bring some clarity around that and just say, Thanks. you know, for those of you that, I mean, I've only been, I, I have only been working probate as a niche for, um, since July of last year. So, oh my you know, gosh, Renee. But this, this one that I, he just gave me will be my fifth probate case for the year. Um, those, the other two, we're actually double-sided deals. So I get to count them in real estate. I get to count each side as a transaction. Sure. So I double-sided both deals, but those came from actually, um, you know, doing mailers to people that, you know, have, have lost a loved one after their probate had been filed. So I know that once they file for probate, they're that much closer to making a decision to sell the property. And so I don't approach people until after probate's been filed. Yeah. Um, but it was sending letters, cultivating those relationships as well. But this will be my fifth deal for the year. How many letters do you send to a pros prospective family? Um, they, I actually have a 21-week um, or a 21-touch program that I use for them. So they get a combination of letters, cards, emails, texts. Um, sometimes I'll drop by and just leave something on their door. I always come from contribution. I always give them something of value every single time so that they see that I'm not in, you know, I'm really here to serve them and to be of service to them, whether they use me or not. That's fantastic. You know, if you, thank you, Renee. Thanks for sharing all that. You know, I, I always feel like if, if whatever you're doing isn't enough, just do more, you know. I mean, if you contact them 21 times, that's not enough. Try 25. I mean, that's Grant Cardone, right? Just 10 times, 250 times uh, will get you more business than 21, I think. it's important. I'll tell you, 21 will get you a lot of business. Apparently. 21 touches is amazing. Now, um, if if you guys are, are only doing 21 mail touches, you gotta you got to make some phone calls in or some door knocks in. But 21 touches, that's incredible, Renee. By the way, so Renee uh, mentioned a certification. And uh, Bill, you may know more about this, but we've had a couple of... Um, questions in the chat. 
asking where to get certified. And I know of two, and I'm pretty sure that Renee probably got certified maybe through MTI. Yeah, C-Press. Uh, yep, sounds like the, uh, yep, C-Press. And then um, our good friend, Chad Corbett, has pro, uh, probate mastery, which is an amazing uh, class and a, a great certification as well. Those are the two I know about. Bill, you may know more. I know of a few more, actually. And I, I, I try to collect them. And if anybody on the call knows more, please email me, text me. I try to keep track of it and put it on my website. In California, um, we have a uh, certification from one of the leading probate attorneys in LA, Paul Horn. I had him as my guest last week, and he does a class that's really about the probate process and it's pretty California specific with the forms. Not much on how to get business, mostly on the process, but and, and it is California specific um, in particular. But yeah, and again, anybody on the call, if you know of other ones, I'm always looking to answer that question, which is the best one. And I will say, I took C Press. I took all the leads. I've taken probate mastery. Kevin Sales is a, a title rep who was doing classes in California. I think he is now probate uh, 101. So I've done about five or six. To me, expertise is a process. It's not a destination. And too many agents will say to me, I took a certification five years ago and I'm certified, but I'm not getting any business. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like, well, duh. Right. Why would you think you would? Uh. Yeah, uh, and yeah, and that you guys, and I know with all the legit, you get the little file, but the file doesn't call anybody. The file doesn't door knock anybody. Mm -hmm. You put the file in your email as well as much as you get. Yep, yep. <clears throat> and uh, I think with you, and, and look, I know, um, I literally was on your call today that, that your, your certification isn't the end of the ride with your company, but more is the mark of finishing a, a process or a, a piece of the process, right? Right. But, but I go on there regularly to hear people have problems and how they solve them because. It's about educating yourself. Mm -hmm. Yeah, if you can hear other people's problems, I, I told you guys earlier, learn from mistakes that you've made. There's no better mistake to learn from than somebody else's mistake. So get, get yourself into orbit around those that are doing the work. Um, I want you guys to do the work as well, but there are people that are doing the work that you could hear the, the challenges and the mistakes they made. I could give you a boatload of mistakes to avoid. Um, chief being, uh, don't use the restroom in a house that doesn't have water turned on. <laughs> <laughs> I learned that doing REOs, but yeah, it's the same problem. I, yeah. <laughs> I literally, when, when I took, uh, um, all the leads coaching, it was taught by Chad back then, and he challenged us to go to court. And I started keeping a list of all the mistakes I saw that agents make. And even the most active realtor enlisting the highest end property and probate in LA County routinely made a number of mistakes that I saw. And so I started making a list of mistakes and then a list of the solutions to those mistakes. And I, that became content for my social media. That became my checklist for my process. Uh, and, and when I talk to attorneys all the time, I'll say, well, here's what I've seen other agents do that I know. And I, I'll send them the document and they'll go, yeah, I've seen all those things. Um, and so uh, I learned from what others do um, make mistakes. I rather them I rather learn from other people's mistakes than my own. Yeah. You know, I'll, I'll tell you guys something. Bill asked me a question a little bit ago, and, and I just wanted to get this, um, get this out there. I've got a um, couple, uh, couple of folks that are throwing some chats into, uh, into the message here. And, uh, and I want to point something out really quickly. So, Bill, you're in L.A. I'm in Raleigh, North Carolina. Uh, I see it least two other people in uh, in the Raleigh area on this call. I'm sure that there's some other folks from LA, other folks from Seattle, Washington area, Renee. Um, a lot of 
people always get hung up on what the competition's doing. What's the what's the competition doing? Uh, number one is I guarantee if you're prospecting for business, it's going to be a lot uh, less than those calling for sale by owner and expires. Guaranteed, probably a lot less than those circle prospecting. Um, there is a lot of business in the probate space to be had, especially if you lead from value. Um, I have not found any place to compile this data exactly. I'm working on compiling it now. Bill, maybe you know where it is, but um, a general rule of thumb is I find that somewhere in the in the vicinity of 40 to 55% of all probate cases will have a house to sell. So because of that, you should not um, allow yourself to get detoured away from this niche because you think that there's competition. Uh, there's, we're all going to carve off a little piece of our pie okay, in our business, and someone else could come in and do it a little bit better than you. And guess what? They might get a little bit bigger piece of the pie, but you're still going to get a piece of the pie. So don't, I, I haven't heard anyone say it. I hear it all the time. People ask about competition. Don't get hung up on the competition. Some of my best coaching clients live in my market, and I will teach them everything that I know, tell them exactly what I do. And I know that a lot of them won't go do it, but those that do, uh, it, it makes me better, makes them better. So we've got to come at this not from the standpoint of what do I do to capture all the business and make sure no one else is going to get it, but recognize that um, a rising tide lifts all ships. So we're here to um, we're here to help. I know that Bill leads with value. That's what I try to do. Um, and that's a mistake I see a lot of people make is they yeah. want to know uh, how much competition there is, and they base whether they're going to pursue this niche on competition. Right. And that's the last thing you should be basing your decision on. Right. Well said. Uh, Mark pointed out there's another certification. Um, Certified Estate Specialist from the National Auctioneer Association. Pretty intense program. Uh, I've looked into it. I'd, that's what I'd like to do, but you have to go in person, I think, to an event. Um, but it, it looks very, very complete. So thanks for sharing that, Mark. Um, Eric on our YouTube asked a question. Who should I reach out to first, the PR or the attorney or both? both. I'll leave that to you, both. 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 The answer is yes. 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 The answer is yes. <laughs> You want to uh, you want to have a uh, you want to have a, a track for for both. Um, you don't want to treat both parties as uh, you you don't want to look at at the one probate case and pretend like okay I got to call everyone talking about this specific probate case. But you're gonna build your attorney relationships and your attorney marketing and prospecting plan separate and don't tie it to the individual probate cases. Uh, when it comes to the individual probate case, you're going to call the personal representative and maybe the additional heirs. Uh, the attorneys you should be reaching out to consistently anyway, whether they have a case that's in that month's file or not. Reach out to the attorneys consistently and just, just kind of treat it almost like it's its own niche. Very good. Yeah, the answer is yes. Call call both. Uh, Renee, is that another question you have? Yeah, no, actually, I just wanted to, to add to that, Bruce, and that when you're re when you're prospecting and reaching out to the attorneys, again, th their biggest pet peeve is dealing with real estate agents that don't know what they're doing in probate. And so you always want to make sure that you are referencing the file number, the case file number when you're dealing with an attorney, because mm -hmm. that's the language that they speak. That's what they're they're not going to necessarily know um the client by name but they're going to know the case numbers 
So yep. make sure that you're referencing your case numbers when you're sending them any information. You may throw the client last name in there. They have no idea what yep. the client first name is. So case number, this is in regard to the estate of Mr. Smith, case number, da, 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 da. Yeah, absolutely. Now, um, Renee, you're doing that oh. slightly different from my prospecting approach to attorneys. Um, not wrong, actually, absolutely correct. So those of you that are going to prospect the attorneys based on the case, um, use Renee's approach. When I go after attorneys, I'm always uh, going after them in general. I want to build a general relationship with them. And I do it through third party relationships. So I look for financial advisors, accountants, insurance brokers, those professionals that are heavily networking and referring the attorneys. I build a relationship with those folks first, and then I ask them for introductions to their estate planning and probate attorneys. So generally, when I reach the attorney, it's normally from a warm referral of someone that they know, like, and trust. And it's not normally with regard to a, a probate case number. Renee's is slightly different, <coughs> absolutely 100% correct. So when I tell you not to reference the case number of the decedent, it, it's, it's only because I'm, I'm usually going after them more loosely mm -hmm. than with regard to a, an estate. Well, and can I also say that when I first started prospecting for the attorneys, um, uh, I I did basically like a door knock approach. So I would I went to their office. Um, I took a dozen Krispy Kreme donuts, um, and because I didn't have the expectation that I was going to actually speak to an attorney, I didn't think I was going to get past the gatekeeper. So the donuts were for the gatekeeper, and I would say whether the attorney see you know receives these or not is between you and jesus i don't care you know um i just wanted to drop off some information and introduce myself and schedule and and you know uh, get on their calendar for just a brief 15 minute conversation that's how i started and then every month i would drop off something else so, you know, one month it was popcorn. Sometimes it was coffee on a Wednesday afternoon. I mean, I would drop things off all the time, much like your um, sales reps do, like in the dental and, uh, you know, in the medical field. Yep. Um, I just acted like a sales rep, would drop things off every month. Um, I would, you know, take information uh, for the newest prospects for that particular office and for the specific attorneys to leave with them. And would just to let them know that I'd follow up with them, you know, in a couple of days. I usually did the drop off on Thursdays and then followed up on Tuesdays. That's called guerrilla marketing, folks. And mm -hmm. that's a, a masterful technique at guerrilla marketing. That's the yeah. way you do it. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks. Thanks again for sharing. Uh, so in the chat box, then uh, Eric continues. She also reached out to the amended petition as a PR before the hearing. I think I think that's I'm not familiar with the terminology, but. Maybe we, we have alternate petitions or competing petitions. We have objectors. We have errors. Uh, and I think the answer is yes, you should contact everybody. I've personally got business from contacting objectors or um, errors in a case. And then should I attend the virtual hearings or in person? I would go in person if you can. Now, that's what I did and built my business on. Today, I, I had a court confirmation. I went in person, could have done it virtual. But number one, spend time with the attorney. That's he's there for an hour. Who else is he going to talk to but me? Uh, it, the court's pretty empty by comparison to the old days. So there's nobody else for him to talk to but me. That's why I would go in person, of course, um, and meet the client as well. So I would say if you can go in person, go. If not, 
uh, go virtual. Uh, Bruce, do you have any experience going to court um, specifically as a lead generation technique or uh, in the now during COVID virtually? Uh, very little. Um, you know, I always kind of relied on someone else to pull my list for me. I take the philosophy who not how. Um, I couldn't sell 250 houses in a year without having a whole bunch of who's to do things for me. Now, I have been and I have pulled my files and I've been and I've sat through hearings, um, maybe once or twice each, uh, primarily as an education to myself, uh, but I don't make it a habit to go. Um, and I do believe that a lot of you guys should make it a habit to go. So you should go to those. I'm not the guy that's going to tell you every nuance of the process behind the court doors. Um, and that's my goal to do that. And I, that's just the difference of our marketing approach. Mm -hmm. And one fits for me and one fits for you. And we should both work the one that fits for us. I think. Yep. Absolutely. So I can't wait to ask you this question <laughs> when you <laughs> said yes. I get this all the time. And I'm not selling the data, so I don't really care. But I get this all the time. People say, you know, I just signed up for all the leads, probate daily, probate data, probate money, whatever source. And I got the data and I got the numbers. And I have X number of leads, but the leads aren't good. <laughs> now, oh, yeah. I, I, I saw the movie Glen, Glenn, Glenn Ross. So I would, I would refer you to watch that movie a few times and never say the words the leads aren't good. But um, um, I generally tell people, if I gave you a diamond mine, it was worth a billion dollars, you wouldn't complain about the dirt. You'd be too busy digging out the diamonds and selling them. How do you answer when they say, when they say the leads aren't good, the numbers are good, most of the numbers aren't good? What do you say to them? Tell you, <laughs> I usually try to head it off ahead of time. So I'll I'll tell someone when they're starting uh, when they're starting in probate, or uh, I did this with agents that would join my team. I'd say, hey, look, I'm going to give you 50 leads a month. Um, there's one thing I don't want to hear. I don't want to hear that leads aren't good because 98% of them aren't going to be any good for you. 2% are going to be great for you. So don't worry about the 98%. Don't worry about the dirt that's in the diamond diamond mine and the diamond mine. So, I'll, you know, the leads, uh, that's just establishing the proper expectation and understanding what that expectation really means. 85% um, of your leads aren't going to answer the phone. Yeah. Maybe, yeah. maybe even more. You're in LA, Bill, might even be more. Okay. Um, they uh, will take multiple times of communicating and reaching out before they answer or respond. Um, sometimes they'll never respond. Sometimes they'll answer and they'll say, nope, you got the wrong person. Guess what? Maybe they're lying. Maybe they're having a bad day. A lot of times they answer and say, nope, got it all taken care of. Don't need anything. And you as an agent or someone working this niche are going to take that at face value. You have to realize that Many times they're in a place of unconscious incompetence. They've never gone through this process before. They don't know what they're doing. They don't know what help they need. And it just leads them to naturally say, no, we've got it all taken care of because they don't even know what they're answering. Those, all, those answers and lack of answers on the phone lead a lot of people to say that the leads aren't good. You're going after one to 5% conversion rate on your leads. It means that 95 to 99% are going to seem like junk to you, but one to 5% conversion rate is a great living. And that person, not only is it good to put food on your table, but it really, really makes a monster impact in the, in the life of the person that does want your help and is willing to talk to you at the time. So um, who cares if 
if a bunch of people don't answer the phone. You're looking for the person that really values what you do and the reward that comes out of that person or two or 10 beyond just financial is immense. You get referrals from them. I don't think I've ever done a deal with anyone in probate that I haven't gotten multiple pieces of business from. I really can't think of any that I haven't gotten multiple. Or enjoyed working with. I mean, I can think somebody didn't get business from, but I enjoyed working with them and felt like they contributed. I think that's a part of this that's so great is we have a chance to feel um, like we're making a contribution. And the other thing I tell agents is it's a mindset thing that, you know, if you get 500 leads and you dig through, and let's, let's assume 100 are bad phone numbers, right? Well, if you call through them once, you're now done with those 100. And then now you can just recall the 400 or whatever the, your process is. Your competitor starting still has to call through the 500. And I assure you, they're not going to. They're going to get discouraged. So just think of that as like a wall that you jump over. You've eliminated that wall now is the obstacle for your competitor. But you got over it if you're determined to, to get this done. And so I think oftentimes when people say that to me, uh, and again, I'm not selling the data, so I have to back it up. But I would say the data is the data. It's it's really what you do with it. You know, it's not it's not the sword. It's the swordsman. It's not the was it, it's not the uh, the dog the fight in the dog. It's a dog in the fight. You have to make those decisions and put the effort in. And but if you do, those bad leads will trip up your competitor, and they'll be just the process you go through to get to where you want to go. The your competitors. It's another reason I don't worry a whole lot about competitors is because most people will go through and they'll get that fifteen um, percent answer rate, and half of them will say, "Nope, we're, we've got it taken care of." Almost half will say, uh, hey, leave us alone or we're the wrong person. But you get those diamonds in there and your competitors are going to hear no five times or they're going to go through 10 or 15 dials without an answer. And they're going to say, ah, this doesn't work. This absolutely works. You do have to change your perception and your expectation. And then you also need to, if you're looking at it from a business standpoint, and I'm I'm breaking from the uh, idea of talking about value and the the emotional feeling that you get when you've helped someone. So I'm breaking from that and strictly looking at the dollars and cents. Um, When you get into the probate space, if you stick with it, it's really, really common to 10 or 20 times your, your investment. Really common if you stick with it. And it doesn't take a whole lot of deals to do that from a business standpoint. So... Yeah, I mean that's the process we're in. That's the, that's what we have to commit to and and get through to get the business. And and you've said a few times that it's worth it. It's worth it. I mean this has been life changing money for me. Three and a half years ago, I had to relaunch my career. I've been in management consulting, and you turned out to be with the wrong companies, and and uh, had to make a career change. And it was tough at sixty years old. And here I'm three and a half years later. I made a lot of money. I've built some nice wealth. I have some good investments, um, and all because of the income I can generate. Um, I mean, it's crazy today. I, uh, I just got a court confirmation on a $2.3 million deal in double ending um, because of uh, this business and the probate and the focus. And I do it my way that I enjoy, that most of the rest of you wouldn't enjoy it. That's okay. Do You do you, I do me. Uh, but for me, it's worked out really nicely. So, um, okay. So I put in the chat box, I have a list of the data sources on my website, all the ones I'm aware of. If you're aware of another one, we had feedback on any of them, feel free to text me or email me. I, I'd like to be the, the resource. So when people say, well, where can I get the data? You can go to the court and get it in many counties. Some counties you can't. You can buy the data from various vendors. 
the most, I think, I mean, I'm guessing the most popular, the most well-known is alltheleads.com where Bruce is a coach. And they have a website where you go on and you can look at your county and see if they have them or not. And they do a real good job of those. I would say, you have to agree or disagree, but I would say all the leads is a little higher value data. Uh, they spend a little more money and time cleaning it up. Uh, and they have a, a more of a full marketing um, package they're offering you. We can integrate mailing with a phone call and CRM with the coaching uh, as well. So take a look at that. And there's other ones as well they put on the website. Um, so I, I, I don't want to ask you the question, what's the best source of data? Because I think that's going to be tough for you to answer. No, oh, I'll give a pretty biased, uh, unbiased answer. I mean, the, the the fact is there are lots of, of great ways to get data. You can get it for free. You can get it for free and then you can put names and numbers into a, a skip tracing engine and, uh, and, and find contact information for a lot of people. And you've spent very little money. It's high on the labor labor side. It's um, it's low on the cost side. So it depends on you. Depends on your budget, your time, your willingness, and and, uh, and and ability to go get the data. If you want to go through some other cheaper lead sources, there are cheaper lead sources. Ours really does kind of scrub those leads down for you. There's a lot of different services from an ISA to call your leads to a mail team to mail the leads to someone to build your website. So there's a lot of different different ways that you can do it many times and this is the bias side of me but it's it's true to my business even before i was with all the leads i'm always looking to systemize and automate my business if i can spend an hour on a listing versus the 20 hours that someone else might take from listing to yeah. close yeah. i'm going to do it yeah. uh, so that's that's me I do have a future episode of this call scheduled with um, Tim, who is the CEO of All Elites, to yeah. more talk about the other products, the marketing and the mailers and the flyers. And I, I'm a client. I use the brochure. I use the website. I've used the mailers and such. So we'll talk about those in details. But again, they're full service, I think, answer to that question. Um, and, but I do think that one of the things I would you know, caution anybody, you need to have a budget and think about what you're going to do. So you buy the data. What are you going to do with it? If you're going to buy it and do one mailer, you're probably going to run out of gas before you get to where your destination is. Um, you know, I would think you have to mail at least probably six times before you start seeing a reasonable return on your investment. But you know, you get 500 leads, you know, a uh, dollar a piece for a postcard and postage. That's 500 bucks. Six times that's three thousand dollars. It adds up. That doesn't count the data and the work. So you need to really think through your budget to say, well, how can I last at least let's say six months before the miracle happens? Um, to get through that. And so just make sure you plan accordingly. You know, phone calls don't cost much, if anything, and um, door knocking doesn't cost much. Going to court meeting people doesn't cost much. So those are different options. Yep. Um, so we're here at the end a little bit. Bruce is available. You, uh, do you want to talk a little bit about, you have a call every Thursday at, I get it at noon Pacific time, um, 3 p.m. Eastern time, where... <laughs> Oops. Yeah, man. You that, no ten. I'm sorry. Ten o'clock a.m. Ten, 10, 10. Okay. Ten to eleven. Yeah. Uh, ten o'clock Pacific uh, time. Clock uh, Pacific time on Thursdays or one o'clock Eastern time. Um, it is. Uh, it, it's run through all the leads. So if you could go to just alltheleads.com, um, look at the uh, training schedule uh, right on the front page of the website, and uh, there's a Zoom link. You guys log in, watch, and listen to the questions that come pouring in, just like we do here. Um, it's interactive. Um, I, I hate it when it's not interactive. I do not like mm -hmm. lecturing an empty room. 
or a bunch of little Zoom boxes. Um, so we love the questions. We love your success stories. So if you guys want to know what other people are doing to either run into or create their own challenges or doing to see success, jump over there. Um, it's every single Thursday at one o'clock Eastern. Yeah, I jump into it. The only challenge I, have, I used to have was a, I was a court till 1030. I'd miss it often. Uh, like today, but uh, it's great, and I, I try to catch it. But you also record it. It's on your YouTube, so I tend to watch it there as well. And then somebody interested in you as a coach, I know All the Leads is one of the sources, but here's your chance to pitch your other business. What else do you offer? Sure. You mentioned quite a few programs. What, how else would they reach you if they wanted more information? Well, I do private coaching very, very little. Um, the majority of what I do is focused on um, as much free group training as possible. Uh, we have a couple of paid courses. So the Agent DNA I mentioned a little bit ago is a paid course. It's three days long. Um, the Prospecting Mastery is a paid course. They're all very, very affordable with it, and as they relate to other paid courses. Yeah. Uh, and then there's a bunch of free stuff that's out there as well. Thanks, Winston. Uh, Winston's a great client of ours, and we work with really closely. I think Winston uh, comes to a ton of the trainings that we offer. Yeah. Um, now, aside from um, working with all the leads through with their sales department and their training department um, and doing some one-on-one -on -one coaching, um, and I, I will probably not be the cheapest coach you would hire, mainly because I don't have a lot of space in my calendar for coaching privately. Um, aside from that, I do run a VA and an ISA agency. We train our um, offshore. We don't have Americans, so we'll hire from Mexico, the Philippines, Egypt, um, and we'll train them specifically on scrubbing through leads um, to call um, have, with a heavy emphasis on probate. We do more than probate, but we do a lot of cold calls through lists for those agents that might be intimidated with the phone, or maybe they're really busy and they're, they just don't have time to make calls. Um, that's, uh, that's what I have going on as well. So it's kind of four different hats that I wear, but most of it is that of a trainer or, um, well, really it's mostly that of a trainer. Um, sometimes I'm training ISAs, sometimes I'm training an agent. Very good. Well, Bruce, I look, I've enjoyed uh, your support as a coach. Um, I think Winston and I were both on the prospecting class you did a couple of months ago together, but I really enjoy your, uh, weekly calls and the programs you have. Thank you so much for being on the time today and sharing with everybody. Bill, I really appreciate it. Um, what's I say is an inside sales assistant, inside sales. So somebody makes phone calls inside um, is the answer for Melita. So, hey, a couple of things coming up. If you're in L.A. Uh, today, um, I'm hosting a free brew uh, real estate event at All Seasons Brewery on La Brea, just south of Wilshire. And if you're on this call and you tell me you are, I'll buy a free beer. So it comes to me at so 5.30 to 7 o'clock. I put in the chat box, I'll put it again, uh, a list of our upcoming events. And then tomorrow in Diamond Bar, we do training for real estate agents. It's really for our team, but we invite other agents to make it bigger and better. Um, that's in Dunbar is our Agents Helping Agents series uh, uh, Friday morning uh, at 9 a.m. And then if you um, hit the upcoming events link there, it has that as well as my live stream. I do probate weekly. This call every Thursday, 4 p.m. Pacific, 7 p.m. Eastern. I also do a live stream on real estate investing. And then next week on Thursday is our vendor expo here in L.A. We'll have 250 people together investors, wholesalers, real estate agents. Uh, my favorite live event of the month. I go to that every month as well. So again, to Bruce, thank you to those who participated, Renee in particular. Thank you for participating. We do this every Thursday. Thank you guys for making it a great week. I appreciate you.